Hello, 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 and welcome back to Show Talk Podcast, the place where I talk, you talk, and we talk about shows. We are back with another episode of Mullen Fort Salem, Season 2, Episode 10. I can't believe we are here at the season finale after all the episodes, after all the questions, after all the great mutuals I've been able to find, and all of you guys who have continuously come back to listen to this episode. I can't believe it. We are at the end of this season and I am so excited to see what season three has to hold for us. I know it's supposed to be the final season of Melon Fort Salem, but I see you guys fighting as hard as you can as the proper switches that you are. And I know that we will be able to fight for as many seasons as this show deserves with your guys' spirit and determination behind it. Of course, I'm right there with you guys because that's why I make this show so that I can promote shows with women at the forefront, women of color, people within the LGBTQ plus rainbow mafia, and so that we can have representation on screens and not have it be focused on sorrow and death and unhappiness, somewhere where we are powerful and strong, and that is what this show gives, and that is why I will continue talking about it and promoting it as you guys have for this season and last season and the last two beautiful years. So I want to talk to you about what happened in this final episode of season two and what really went down and my thoughts and questions and concerns because man, there were a lot. And if this is going to be the final episode of this season and if we only really have 10 episodes left with season three, I want to give it to you and I want to give you my all. So before I start off this episode, I really want to let everyone know that this is going to be a TV 18, TV 14 plus episode where there's probably going to be swears. We're going to discuss sex and potential relationships and what we're going to see forward. And I just want to protect your virgin ears. So if you are not of age to be watching this show and be absorbing of its content, Please go find the many other shows that I have that are probably within your range, but it's not going to be this episode, unfortunately. And that's probably because I'm a little tipsy. I'm not going to lie. And I want to give you guys my realest thoughts on this episode uncensored, unorganized, without all the edits and censors that I put through with so many of these episodes. And I hope you guys like it just as much as you have the other episodes I've released. So let's get into it. Let's get into this episode of Mullen Fort Salem, Season 2, Episode 10. We're in it, guys. We are here. We are fighting the Camarilla. It is time to take everything that we've learned from basic, from war college, and really fight our true enemies this season. And I'm surprised that it's happening, to be honest, because I didn't think... Because we only had one episode left, I didn't think we were really going to fight the Camarilla this episode. I didn't think that we were going to lose as many characters as we did this episode. I honestly thought that what was going to happen was Alder was going to be dethroned by Petra. We were going to deal with the drama of that. Tally and Alder were going to have a blow. Uh, Maybe their relationship was going to be tested. Maybe Talder was going to happen. Who knows? But I didn't think that we were going to evolve so fast as to be fighting the Camarilla, changing 
the entire history of the Tareem, rising as a bellwether nation and creating this whole new generation ready to fight the Camarilla, whether it be the Spree, the Dodgers, the Tareem, and the Fort Salem Witches. There is a lot going on this episode, and I was surprised they were able to fit it all in. But let's start off with what really happened, and it was basically the Cambrias coming through with the plague as they had planned. As we saw Penelope get pricked with a needle that I had hypothesized had a version of the plague in, and of course the plague ends up running rampant in Fort Salem, and everyone is scared and worried, and everyone is dying at the seams, and we don't know what to do. Our girls don't know what to do. Because it looks like the Camarilla and the Plague have a weird bond. I mean, I know I've been joking this entire season about the Plague being some kind of venom symbiote creature. But seeing the Camarilla and the Doctor walk out of like a wall of Plague and then like slowly slip their bodies back in made me think that their connection is a lot deeper than we think. I mean, can we have... A Venom and Muzzlin Fort Salem crossover, I don't know. But I'm perfectly fine with Muzzlin Fort Salem joining the Marvel Universe if that'll get them more seasons. <laughs> um, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised to learn this connection that the Camarilla have. I wonder if it's because they're not witches and the, the plague is set to target witches specifically. But I wonder how that works, seeing as they're harvesting voices. So if the Camarilla are harvesting voices, why does the plague not recognize the voices that are harvested and attack those members who are using it? I don't know. Questions. See, it's the final episode, and I still have questions. But our recruits are in. We have Alder. We have the Spree. We have Fort Salem Witches. We have the Tareem. We are finally ready to really fight the Camarilla, fight our real enemy, something that Tally has been waiting for us to do for this entire season. And we have all finally risen to do that fight. I mean, Alder joins with her biddies. After having to step down because of Tally and the truths coming out about Nicta and the Spree and the creation of the Spree, and yet... In all that, in all the humiliation that that creates, she still rises with her biddies and stands at the forefront to fight the spree. And I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna say this right now. I freaking hated this first part of the episode. Like the first, I I would say 20 minutes, I hated it. Because what, what do you mean Alder dies within the first 10 minutes? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Alder, the most powerful witch that we have, the most powerful witch that has been alive for 300 plus years, harvesting the different types of seeds and works and fight techniques and wars that she's fought for centuries, is taken down by the plague in five minutes? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. But it's like we're supposed to just accept that for what it is because we go on to what is happening with our girls and the fact that Tally is able to see the frequencies, which 
I literally screamed because me and my friend have been talking about this all season, but if Tally was able to be present in past episodes, if she was able to be present in the time where Abigail and Raelle were locked up in the compound and they had to go save Raelle and everything like that, she would have been able to see the frequencies of everything and been able to shut that down real quick. If Tally was able to be present when Abigail was being fought by the quote-unquote spree, which might have been the Camarilla, she would have been able to see those frequencies and saved Abigail then too. But who knows? We don't know if her powers were triggered by her bond with Alder or if it's been always there. So Tally's kind of our main bitch and she's been gone the entire time until now, which I was very happy about. But then having her being able to see and track down where the source is coming from and having it be Penelope, I already knew that was going to happen. So this is why I thought the first part of the episode was like, blah. Because we already knew that Penelope was the source. Because anyone who had eyes and who were paying attention saw that Penelope got pricked the last episode. So we knew that she was fucked. And we already knew her dad was an asshole. So I'm not surprised because we talked about last episode that he basically said goodbye to her because it looked like he was going to a freaking funeral. And it was a funeral because we found out that he was freaking sacrificing his daughter because he is a snake. Sorry, my emotions are coming through this episode because the fact that Penelope's dad would disrespect their entire line and murder his daughter like this kills me. And yet, at the end of the day, when it is Tally, Raelle, and Abigail who finally have the opportunity to take down the plague, to save the rest of Fort Salem, to save the rest of the witch population, because theory is that the plague and the Cambria had attacked other compounds with other witches across the world, or the United States, whatever. But with them being able to be the main focus of saving the entire world by taking down Penelope, someone who didn't even know what was happening to her, someone who begged for help continuously, I can't. It really hurt my soul, I'm not gonna lie, to watch Penelope explode in that mega bellwether tornado and to have that all be documented on national TV. A damn shame. And for this motherfucker, her father, to come through and blame Ford Salem for the decisions that they made to save hundreds? Oh, I was ready to fight. I was ready to fight. I may not have cared for this part of the episode, but the audacity of it all, I was ready. I could not. And especially because while I'm over here blaming the father, while I'm over here processing the fact that Alder is dead. While well, I'm over here processing the fact that the Spree and the Witches are now fighting as one, in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking about the fact that we now know who the Doctor is, and we know him as Albert Hurst. And I think about what he said to both Nicta and Petra, and I think about how important it is that Nicta and Petra are together when he says that he thanks Nicta for creating the spree and giving him the chance to create this army of people who don't believe in witches, of purists, 
who don't believe in witches and want to eradicate witches from this world. You know, I blamed Petra too. And I felt that it was very fitting for her to be there because when we talk about how the camera was able to come through Fort Salem and how this was even possible with all the wards and safety measures they put place, and then we talk about how Alder stepping down might have triggered this, bitch, I told you! I told her. I told her. She sat here not even thinking of the consequences. Only thinking about how she was supposed to rise in the ranks and becoming general. Something she did not deserve, Lord. The struggle is real. And now she is facing the consequences of her actions. Nigda is facing the, facing the consequences of their actions. Because now we have a whole group of people who are in support, unknowingly, to the Camarilla. Allowing them to rise and fight against the witches of Fort Salem with no holds back, with the strength of the government on their back. And then we have Petra, who in her ambitious mind went and brought down Alder, only to leave Fort Salem, something that she wanted for so long, unsafe and vulnerable to the attacks of the Camarilla. Both of them are to blame. And the fact that they were both there for that speech that Hearst had to say was just genius to me. And so great because I blamed them all. And yet, who gets the blame for it all? Tally, Abigail, and Raelle. I mean, I guess along with Nicta, but Tally, Abigail, and Raelle, really. And it's not like, oh, well, it's because they're witches, that's why they're on trial. No, no, no. They're on trial for killing Penelope. I mean, are they the real murderers? No, because of course we know it's her father. But they are the scapegoats for an underlying plot that her father has put in action for so long. And I am upset. I am upset because now, as Nicta likes to say, the Pitchfork Brigade is out. And it drives me crazy that they are out and they have the audacity to be out, seeing as how it is nothing but witches and Fort Salem that have been keeping this country and this entire world safe for generations. Oh my god, humans are so... Muggles are so, you know, just ungrateful. I feel like I've said this so many times this season, last season. But people are so ungrateful to everything that witches do, everything that Alder does, and I'm so sick and tired of seeing it. But now having Tally, Abigail, and Raelle be in the thick of it and having to, you know, think about the actions that they took and what their consequences are to what they've done. I mean, I don't hate to, I mean... So, I've had a love-hate relationship with Tally this episode. And for her to be in jail with Nicta, questioning the actions that they took in order to take down Alder and what this means now that Fort Salem is vulnerable and what this means now that she's dead and what this means now that they're in jail and what this means now that there's a rise of the Camarilla and the Pitchfork Brigade and just everyone who hits, hates witches and now... Just Nicta, who's able to get a uh, martyr goodbye, and they're over here ready for the stake. 
I'm glad we're thinking about it. I'm glad we're taking this moment and thinking about all of that and thinking about whether it was worth it because that's all I wanted to talk about for the last couple of episodes. The fact that Tally is over here thinking that she's creating a change, but she's really not. She's really just giving the Camarilla room to just roam throughout the minds of everyone who's hated the rules of Fort Salem, the ideas of losing their daughters to a system that they didn't want to be in, and the fact that she has done nothing but left room for the spree, who are also with the similar mindset of the purists, to continue fighting on this fight that they've continued to do with the death of Nicta, whether it be through the government or Fort Salem. Nothing has been solved. There has been no end in sight other than Alder being pushed out of service and now deceased. I'm upset. And the thought that they're now thinking about these consequences just makes me happy because if not, I feel like I would have had a hard time accepting Tally in season three. I'm not going to lie because I'm still butthurt about what happened. But of course, this is not the end for our girls. This is, they're not going to be burned at the stake. They're not going to be any of that. Why? Because we have a prison break ready to happen, which I'm so excited for because we get to see the dream come through with their actions and their dedications to the cause after all this time of being pacifists and not wanting to fight. They are finally putting a stance in what's happening. We get to see the spree come through, both in the ideas of Nikta as well as Scylla, as they come through to save the girls and use their work to be able to get them to escape. And then we have the Dodgers in the form of Quinn, who's also able to help. So we have a group of witches all in the process of helping our girls escape but now creating a new generation of witches, now going to fight the Camarilla, coming of season three. And who knows if that means new characters, new work, now that we have different factions from each group all in one source on this prison break, or if that means that we're going to have new unions that we're going to be surprised to see. I don't know, but I'm excited for it, and I hope you guys are as well. I feel like I jumped ahead a bit because I know I talked a little bit about Alder dying, but I'm not going to lie. Alder dying was probably the only part. Oh, let's not say that. Alder dying was probably the part in the episode where I actually considered it to be the best part of the episode because we got to see Anacostia and her emotions towards Alder dying. We got to see... The girls say their goodbyes and that transition from their goodbyes and their acceptance of Alder and everything that they've done and that Alder has done and have a bit of forgiveness. And so it kind of shows a new chapter between everyone on that front. From then on, that's when I thought the episode was kind of interesting, where before that I I couldn't care less. But after seeing Anacostia bawl her eyes out saying goodbye to her mother, I basically cried. I basically cried because I have been thinking of Anacostia and Alder as a mother-daughter relationship for seasons. Multiple seasons. And for them to finally give, like, 
Goodbye, daughter. Goodbye, mother. Tears! Tears rolling down. Seeing Abigail say goodbye and how her presence has caused a awakening of this new bellwether that she wants to put forth in my heart. Seeing Raelle say that her dedication towards Fort Salem and the truths that she's been able to see has had her be able to fully get that connection with the mycelium that she's been looking for to be able to fight this new enemy that they have tears. To be able to see Tally fully come forth and forgive Alder for what's been done, seeing as she now understands the choices and the hard choices that Alder has had to make for centuries and can sometimes now empathize with that after the death of Penelope. Tears, because I'm a full Talder mess. I'm a full Talder mess. And I only say that because their relationship this entire season has been amazing. And for her to be the last person that says goodbye, y'all did that on purpose. There's no way that wasn't done on purpose. So of course all that was before they went to jail. And of course from then on, the show got a little bit more interesting with the whole forgiveness thing and the whole conscious thing and the whole prison break thing. So that's what I was really interested in and what I liked about the show. So basically from Alder's death on was the only thing I was really paying attention to because before that I was like, so that sucked, but it made up for it in the end, you know? What else do I have to say? How do I feel about Nikta joining the group? And when I say the group, I mean our prison break group. So the Tareem, our girls, the witches, the Dodgers... I don't know how I feel. Especially because y'all over here shipping Nicta and Tally. No. No. Get it out of here. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to care about it at all. Um, I think that Nicta will be a good attribute as in she can teach Scylla different things. And that will hone their powers. And if this is something that they can share to the other witches and to the Tareem. So that they can use it against the Camarilla. All is great. Do I forgive Nicta for what she's done as a Spree member and the fact that she's been able to unite the Camarilla with the Prioress and cause all of this? No. There's no way. And I won't forgive her next season anyway. And I know y'all want to give me the sob story about how Alder, you know, ruined her entire life by what she did with the deaths of those who had surrendered. But I don't care. I don't care because shit happens. Shit happens in your life and in history, but that doesn't mean to go on a killing spree for the rest of your life to attack one woman that you had in your life that you trusted. It makes no sense. It makes no sense, and so I will not forgive her for what she's done. And I hope that in this time that she's with the girls and with the Tareem and in this new generation of fighters, which is interesting because we were talking about how earlier this episode... Abigail was talking about how she wanted to create a team for the front lines and now she's basically part of the front lines with this team that has come together all all at once. Um, but now that Nikta is with this team as well, I'm hoping this gives her a chance to, you know, see the shit that she's done and accept what she's done and learn to be a better person from it and understand that every action that she has created has only been to attack Alder and not really been about the witches. 
Like, I need her to hop off her horse. Because I feel like she's so bold and she's so... I don't even know the word right now, but she's so something. The way she looks at, at Tally, the way she calls her red, the way this relationship is coming out to the fact that y'all can ship Tally and Nikta, unacceptable. I need this girl to be humble. Humble for what she did. For what she cost. The death of Alder. No sympathy for this. I can't. I can't. You guys, I can't. I'm not happy with her joining the group, but I feel like this will cause a change in everything when it comes to the spree later on, since she is the leader of the spree. So what she says going forward in season three and finding the Camarilla and changing the minds of other factions of the spree will weigh so much more than if it was Scylla. So we'll hope, we'll hope to see a change in her in season three and maybe I'll change my mind about whether or not I like her or not. But right now, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, that's all I really have for this first part of the episode. Of course, I have honorable mentions, um, which I want to talk about now with you guys. So let's get into it. Let's get into honorable mentions of season two, Lola and Ford Salem, episode 10. So one thing I really want to mention about is the fact that Kalita has now joined our group of prison break misfits against the Camarilla. And I want to focus on that specifically because for episodes, for seasons, Kalita has talked about how she is not going to revert away from her ideas and from her pacifist nature, whether or not Adil is part of that or not. The fact that she took her blood away from him. The fact that she basically is the only surviving Tareem who wanted to continue with those ideas. And yet, and yet in the face of danger, in the face of her brother's death, she came through with melting rock. Ah, she turned into a full lava girl. And I was so happy because Kalita, although Adil is powerful, Kalita is so much more powerful than Adil. We know this because she's a woman. And we know this because she leads her people. So there are probably some powers and works that she has that Adil doesn't, which we could utilize within the group. And the fact that we were able to see the lengths that she's able to go to in order to save those that she cares about, specifically Adil and Abigail. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it, especially because the Camarilla, for some reason, like to target Abigail. So if they come towards Abigail again, we get to see Adil and Kalita come through to save their their brethren, their family. We love it. We love to see it. So now it creates a new generation, a new generation away from these 10,000 years of pacifist nature coming to fight the Camry as one with the Dodgers and the witches and the spree, no less. And so now we have to see what that means, especially as the doctor talks about later on the fact that, or earlier on, the fact that there cannot be a combination of both earth and sky, which I feel like he's meaning, of course, Abigail and Adil. So what does that mean? If they have a baby and it's a new generation with that, does that mean that like it's going to be an all powerful baby? Or if they continue to have sex and join powers and 
you know, strengths and share seeds and works, that there will be an unstoppable force. Huh? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? Because I don't know. But all I know is that means that Abigail and Adil have to get together now, which I am in full support of because I love that relationship. You know, I've been a... What's their shit name? Abigail? 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 I don't know, but I've been a full shipper of Abigail and Adil this entire season. So, if they do get together in spite of the Doctor, I can't wait to see it. Another thing I want to talk about, the fact that Penelope's dad was fully working with the Doctor the entire time and willingly killed his daughter! I can't believe this man exists and why. Why? So that he becomes president? So that he can be able to wipe away the ideas of witches forever? I knew he killed his wife, y'all. I knew he killed his wife, and I said this from the beginning. This man would have the audacity to use his wife and use his daughter to push the ideas of the Camarilla, and he has. A snake is what he is, and I'm so upset that he used Penelope for it, even though we all knew he was evil to begin with. And yet here we are, you know, stuck in the aftermath of his actions. A damn motherfucking shame. A damn motherfucking shame. I'm still mad about it. Like I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know it was going to happen to a point where I had already accepted and loved Penelope for who she was. So the fact that her death really hurts, you know? Speaking of hurts, I was talking with a mutual earlier about how the fact that Anacostia's and Alder's relationship really hurts me this season because now that Alder is dead, Anacostia and Alder haven't had that real forgiveness. Because look at it, we talked about it last episode. The fact that Anacostia basically betrayed her in order to be Team Petra and to be able to become Lieutenant or whatever she was. And then Alder had to step down and that all happened behind her back and Anacostia was the cause of that. And the fact that Anacostia has been working with Petra this entire time and she knew what was behind the scenes and what was going to happen. I don't know. I really wish that Anacostia and Alder had a moment to see each other in this new growth that they had and be able to learn from each other and Alder being able to become the best version of herself now that she's away from the army and doesn't have to deal with the responsibilities anymore. And we lost that. We lost that. And we lost the chance for them to connect together and for them to really forgive each other for the actions of the season. And that moment that Anacostia has where she says she, she can't, she doesn't know what to do without her. And they've never had words. I feel like that gave us a chance to forgive the both of them. I don't know. I don't know. I really hope now that we know that Alder is alive! She's alive, ladies and gentlemen. I was I was waiting to say that all day, but she's alive and I'm so excited because she's part of the wall now and what that means and the fact that she is now part of the mother because she is the mother, but now she's part of the mother, the mushroom mother. Ooh, what does that mean? Does that mean she's stronger than Rael? Does does that mean she she really alive? Is she a goddess? 
Can she stay alive in the outside world, unconnected to the wall? Will she become general again? Questions! I have so many questions. Will her and Anacostia, like, be able to have a moment and have that chance to forgive one another and be able to see each other in the growth that they have? Will Riel be able to use the knowledge that Alder has as she is growing from this mushroom wall and be able to, you know, learn from what Alder knows, from what she's been able to acquire from the tree. There's no way that Alder being reborn from the mushroom, a point of life and death, heaven for witches, doesn't know everything when it comes to the mushroom and how to control the mushroom and the power of the mushroom. And if she does come out of this wall and becomes all-powerful and fights the Camarilla with everyone, is she going to have that moment to teach Rael this? And how? Because the main source of the wall is at Fort Sam. Does that mean that the girls are going to come back? Is the mushroom wall throughout the world? You know, and is she going to be able to find Rael? I don't know. Could they have visions of each other to show that Alder may be alive? I'm just trying to give hypotheses as to how Alder is going to come back in season three, and I don't know. I'm really hoping, honestly, that it's not going to be at the end of the season because I feel like that'll be a cop out. Because the love for Alder and the fandom for Alder is so strong that I feel like if she doesn't come back within the first couple episodes of season three, it's going to cause a bit of an issue. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. Let's hope she comes back pretty fast. Let's hope that she ends up the goddess that we believe that she is and she has a chance to either help Petra become the general that she deserves to be or they become co-generals. That's the hope, but we don't know. So there's a lot of possibilities. And I feel like that's something that Ellie wanted to tap into with other seasons, the fact that they could talk about Alder and what that means going forward and whatever the girls end up evolving into whether it's Tally and her sight and Abigail and her weather work and Nikta and Scylla together we don't know but I feel like there's gonna be a lot of evolution coming for all factions of the groups that we get to see so we're gonna have to prepare ourselves for that and I can't wait to see what that means for all of us and I hope that you guys are excited to see it as well but that's all I really have for you guys. Of course, you can. Hello again. It's me from the future. Realizing I never actually finished this outro because one, tipsy. And two, I've faced so many technical difficulties with this episode for some reason. I am about ready to lose my mind because I've tried to upload this so many times. So I hope that despite everything and although this is not the most perfect episode I've ever posted for you all that you were entertained and that you liked it as much as I did and were able to get a couple laughs out of it and walk down the memory lane of Motherland Fort Salem season two and just a reminder you can always follow me on twitter at show talk podcast if you want to see what shows and movies i'm always talking about right now i'm obsessed with red notice and oh the chemistry between all the characters fabulous 
So if you want to see more of that, you can always check me out over there. If you want to check out all the other shows that I'm podcasting or future shows that I'm tending to podcast or why I started this podcast to begin with, you can always check out my website, showtalk.blog, or check out my email, showtalkpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send anything special or just to talk, I will be available. But Like always, I hope you guys like this episode. I hope you guys are prepared and ready for season three, as I know you are, and I will see you next time. Keep on talking.